What's up, everything? It's Thursday, October 5th, and hockey is finally back. Hooray! The Blues stole a win from themselves in Pittsburgh. We'll have all the details on the first game. We'll also discuss the final roster decisions from preseason. We'll look at some news and notes from around the NHL. We'll preview next week's games, discuss our fantasy rosters, and finally, debut a new weekly segment. It's going to be a jam-packed episode, so let's get started and let's go Blues. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, thank you for joining us for what is amazingly the 10th episode of the Two Guys No Cup podcast. The big one That may not mean a ton to you, but it does to us, so there you go. Uh, we are here. It is October 5th, as long as it, you know, the world doesn't end or something. <laughs> and uh, we're back. What's up, Ian? Not much. Got that Blues victory. I was nervous. Yeah. I'm happy to get the first one out of the way. There were some uh, high notes and low notes. No Dan high notes, but just general high notes. Oh, he's been gone notes. forever. But, uh, we'll get to all of that, as we said in the preview. That'll obviously be a big topic of discussion today. Uh, we've got a little to talk about from the um, perspective of the show. We're trying to live tweet the games, sort of just are hopefully humorous impressions of what's going down uh, as the games progress. You can find that on uh, at Two Guys No Cup on Twitter. That's our Twitter handle. We'd love it if you'd follow us and join along with us, joke with us about the game. Uh, we had fun doing that last night. You know, the problem that the Blues created for us that really bothers me, <laughs> I know you're not quite the Twitter user that I am, I'm not but we, the connoisseur. You, know, you know what the hashtag I concept is. Mm-hmm. Well, it used to be very simple for the blues. The hashtag was hashtag STL blues. You type that and you went into this big chain of STL blues stuff, right? Well, the blues created their ho- own hashtag now, which is hashtag altogether now STL, which for one thing is a ridiculous 18 character hashtag. It's really wordy. But for another thing, now it's like there are two hashtags you have to put into a tweet, and that's too hard. <laughs> so thank you, Blues, for ruining our lives. We'll still try our best. Yes, uh, but you can hopefully find us through either of those hashtags a lot of the time. The nice thing about the Altogether Now STL is that it has a little blue nut pop up at the end when you do it that way. So that's cool. Uh, other than that, we are here on a Thursday for once. We're actually going to be recording Tuesday next week uh, because Ian is going somewhere. Ian, why don't you talk about that? I'm just going to a concert up in Minneapolis. Very naturally, you know, how you go to concerts in Minneapolis. I didn't want to go to But the the good news is, I mean, this band that you're seeing, they're not coming to St. Louis anytime soon, right? They are, (laughs) but I don't want to see Queens of the Stone Age at Peabody Opera House. Uh, it's a nice venue. I like it. It's very well kept, very picturesque inside. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's all seats. We'll be seeing John Mulaney there yeah. in and a that, couple weeks, and that's fine because <laughs> I think it's great for comedy and it's yeah. great for maybe like 
I don't know, slower bands? Yeah. Or I do get, quieter mean, bands? That's a very odd venue for them to choose. I guess it's just the right size yeah. for what that's they're a trying Wilco, to do, that's, that's a Wilco yeah. Stadium or whatever. That's a very, like, uh, yeah, Silver Sun pickup sort of deal yeah. that's going down there. Uh, so that makes sense, and you're, you know, a man of, of the North, as they say. And you love Queens of the Stone Age, so that'll be fun. So we'll record on Tuesday, and I may or may not hold off until Thursday and put up my own thoughts on the Thursday night game after the game and put it up Thursday night. We'll figure that out. Uh, but that's our schedule going forward. So uh, on to some NHL news. Yaramir Yager, that's not an easy name to say. <laughs> Uh, he is signed, finally, but not by the Blues, um, perhaps unfortunately. He's signed by the Calgary Flames, who signed him for a million dollars, which is not very much money. Um, I heard a lot of people say that they thought the Blues might be out of it because they didn't have much cap room, and this obviously wasn't the case because he ended up signing for a million dollars. Uh, there's some speculation that this is maybe something that's been in the works for a while in terms of They've just been trying to uh, maybe let him skip some training camp, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Greg Wyshynski, formerly of Yahoo Sports, Yahoo Hockey, the Puck Daddy blog, said he thinks Yager probably had a lot of suitors and has had for some time, and he just kind of arranged a deal with one of them so that he didn't have to do training camp, and that makes sense. And that would also kind of explain why he didn't, have seemed to have a lot of interest in the Blues when they approached him. Seemed like a situation where Armstrong came with a very similar contract, maybe even a better contract, and he just sort of said, now I've got my own thing figured out. So Yager is finally playing in the Great White North. Has he never done that? Not to my knowledge. Yeah. I don't think he's played for a Canadian team. I think he's never played for a Canadian team, so that's cool. He made some comment about how Canadian fans are harder to play for because... They know when you're screwing up or on the ice. Mm-hmm. A little more knowledgeable. No other fans know that. I know a slight dig at America, yeah. <laughs> but that's fine. I'll let it pass. Yeah. Uh, do you think this moves the needle very much for the Flames, or do you think it's kind of well, a whatever move? I would have liked to have Yager on the Blues. Mm-hmm. Having said that, I don't think he changes your team all that much, Mm-mm. and I don't know where they have him playing on their team i would assume a sort of third line maybe spot second line role yeah i mean it's he'll probably put up 15 to 20 goals mm-hmm. he'll be an attraction not that calgary needed one but i think it's fine i mean I, it, again i don't think it's gonna push them into a you know definite playoff team no mm-hmm. questions asked it might bump the needle a little bit I don't know a lot about Calgary in terms of where, you know, what happened during preseason. I don't know of any big injuries to them, but it makes sense for them. It's cool mm-hmm. for him to get to play in uh, Canada. He's not a defensive forward, and I think that's where the Calgary Flames are going to have problems is defense in general. Yeah, so, and for, Yeah, so for me... As the first game. Well, scoring actually was their bigger yeah, problem game yeah. one, but yeah. Uh, I'm not sold on that whole team, but yeah, that's, that's another story. We'll see. Uh, other NHL news: Connor McDavid's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't know if anybody knew that. Maybe I'm onto something new here. He's a he, real good boy. He had a hat trick, um, making him just as good as Wayne Simmons at the Philadelphia Flyers. But he had a hat trick in 
his first game of the year against uh, Calgary. So he mm-hmm. scored all the goals now that I think about it, including one if you didn't see the highlight that was just insane. He just Pure turned on speed. the Jets and just literally like outpaced people. He was probably 20 yards behind to score at like a breakaway goal. It was insane. That would be the fastest player with like that amount of skill too. Oh, by you'll, far. You'll yeah. find a lot of players with a There's lot of like skill and not Cogliano a lot of speed. Or yeah. who are just insanely fast, but to have that kind of level of you know finesse and everything with it is nuts. Uh, so he's pretty good. Austin Matthews is pretty good, also. I mm-hmm. think uh, he had a goal and two assists last night. Of course, that wasn't nearly what his uh, NHL debut was last mm-hmm. year. Which was four goals, I yeah. think. Four goals and the Leafs still lost. <laughs> <laughs> so only one goal tonight, three points, but the Leafs won, so that's worth something. Uh, Patrick Marlowe debuted for the Leafs and scored two, which is good for him and them and your fantasy team. His first goals ever as we'll not talk about at his the first end. goals ever not in a shark jersey. Yeah, pretty crazy. Uh, pretty greasy. Um, he's from Saskatchewan. That mug does not look like no, he's from Saskatchewan. That looks like a Sicily mug to be. Yeah. Fair, <laughs> I don't know that. I hope that didn't sound racist. It's just there's you know it just looks that way. I guess. Um, I don't know if you can be racist against Sicily anyway. So I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so the scores last night, lots of goals um, so far in the season. Toronto beat Winnipeg seven to two. We beat Pittsburgh five to four. Edmonton blanked Calgary three nothing, and uh, Philadelphia beat San Jose five to three. Did I write that down right? I thought that was an overtime win. I think it's five to three. Five to three. Okay, it was not an overtime win. Um, as we're recording this, the Blackhawks are up at last check six to one on the Penguins. So did we break the Penguins? Do you think, <laughs> or are the Blackhawks just one upping us? I was probably both. <laughs> to me, the Penguins came out really strong last night because mm-hmm. of you know they raised the banner and everything, and so then they're like, "Well, we did pretty good." And then you go the next day and you have to play a game already, and it's in Chicago. Yeah, that's rough. It's hard. I do think, and we talked about it when we talked about the divisions. I think the Penguins are actually a weaker team this year. I don't think they're quite as overpowered as they have been mm-hmm. in the last few years, losing Bonino and other pieces. Um, even losing Murray, losing that security of that incredible goalie tandem. Or not Murray, Flurry. Mm-hmm. Um, with that said, I don't think this is like panic mode for the uh, Penguins at all. Having a opening back-to-back is insane. Having it against two playoffs teams on home and road is even more insane. And then you can always be flat after your cup ceremony. And they mm-hmm. weren't really. I mean, we played a very close game with them yesterday. So I just think it's a combination of weird factors. Yeah, I wouldn't be worried if I was a Pens fan. Yeah, and if even if they're bad this season, you don't have a lot of right to be I know. worried about I always them. wonder if the I mean, Blues, I guess yeah. you do, but... You know, I get, uh, we wouldn't be real thrilled if we won back-to-back cups and sucked the next year, but yeah, we but could probably I, get over it. I always wonder that. If the Blues win the cup the next year, unless they're just terrible, I'm kind of just letting them have a pass for the yeah, whole season. exactly. Uh, speaking of the Blues, they're trying to get the All-Star game uh, to St. Louis in either 2020 or 2021. That's no surprise with the Scott, Scott Trade Center upgrades uh, that's been talked about. It'd be the first one at Scott Trade, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. They had two in the old arena, 
but this would be the first in Scott trade. Uh, I think it's time, and I think the league will see it happen. Yeah. Um, they've put them in more random places, and with the arena upgrades, it's actually a great city. It's nice and central. It's the kind of event that can take over the city for that weekend, mm-hmm. you know. Not much going on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love our city, but I'm compared to like putting it in New York or LA. The only or weird thing is the the years they picked. If I did the math right, at least one of those lines up to the possible uh, lockout year. Yeah, great. Which I think they did with Columbus, and then they awarded it to him a couple years later just yeah. to make up for it. So um, you never know. I think it'll happen. I think the NHL has said they were pretty impressed by how we handled the Winter Classic last year. So I think it'll they'll reward us for that. Uh, and that'd be cool. I don't know. I mean, the NHL All Star Game is always kind of strange and jokey and gimmicky. I mean, John <laughs> Scott was John Scott was a captain last year, so anything could happen. But I think it'll happen, and that'd be cool for the town. Uh, so moving on to more blue specific news. Uh, before we started play in Pittsburgh, we got the final roster for the team announced on I don't know Saturday or Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot shocking on here, but I figured we could just read through it real quick and talk about who's there and who isn't. Uh, Ivan Barbashev, Patrick Berglund, obviously injured, but on the roster, Kyle Brodziak, uh, Ravi Fabry, same as Berglund, uh, Dimitri Yaskin, Wade Megan. I'm never yep. going to get it right. I'm going to I know I did, but <laughs> I, I shouldn't have to pause before saying it. Uh, Magnus Payarvi, Zach Samford injured. Wow. Saying all the injuries makes it worse somehow. Uh, <laughs> Braden Shin, Jaden Schwartz. That's awesome. Great. I'm glad that they could be back-to-back oh. <laughs> alphabetically and in name rhyming. Vladimir Sabotka, Paul Stastny, Alex Steen, Oscar Sundquist, Vladimir Tarasenko. Can you be a fan of this team if you have a lisp, or are you like just automatically? You can. You just say their first name. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, Tage Thompson, Chris Thorburn, and Scotty Upshaw. There's an S in like literally every one of those names. Uh, Robert Bortuzzo, Jay Bomeister, who's injured, Vince Dunn, Joel Edmondson, Carl Gunnarsson, Colton Pareko, Alex Petrangelo, and Nate Prosser on the defense. The only kind of surprise there, which we'll talk about, is Vince Dunn, and then no surprise that Jake Allen and Carter Hutton are the goaltenders. Uh, so kind of the names that stick out here, I guess, most of all are Tage Thompson, uh, Vince Dunn, and Wade Megan. Uh, what are your thoughts on those three names in particular making the roster? Vince Dunn made it because I think he was more consistent than Jake Wallman. Yeah. Yeah, and I they, just had, they think had a spot he's a for him. Polished at the moment. Mm-hmm. I think he did an okay game too, but we can, we'll get to that later. Um, Tage Thompson, I think, works out better for the Blues over someone like Blay because he's a little bit bigger, not by a lot, but by a little bit taller. At least, yeah, yeah I think sure. he's got a little more skill, more mm-hmm. of an NHL shot. Although that's, I guess, it's saying a lot for Thompson because I think that's what they were saying. Blay had a lot of. Mm-hmm. I think I had looked up that one of the reasons that the Blues might have had Thompson over Blay is that Thompson actually costs more, mm-hmm. his contract's worth more, and right now to use the LTIR space that Steen and some of these guys have given to yeah. him before one Long of them term injured reserve, yeah, just to, before one of them comes back, they want to use 
the one that costs them more and see what he yeah, has. So that I'm, makes sense. I'm guessing when Steen comes back or somebody comes back, they might send down Thompson and maybe call up play. Yeah. But you never know. Also, I mean, they're desperate at center right now. Mm-hmm. So with Fabry injured and, Bar- and Bergwin injured and Steen, who often plays center injured, mm-hmm. we were already thin at real center, so you have to kind of have to use Thompson. Yeah, sort of. although I doubt even we if see him not, at center. Yeah, I mean, even if it's just you have to have those guys on the roster who can at least do it, you know, in mm-hmm. case you get flipped out face-offs or whatever. I just think you need that depth there. It kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the kind of interesting names. We were right about Quim Costin, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> as we've been saying. No <laughs> surprise there. Um, it's He's going to be, I think he's going to be an extraordinary hockey player, but it's just going to take a year mm-hmm. or maybe two, you know, to get him adjusted to the NHL ice and just life in America. I mean, it's so, you, if you've read any of the kind of, there have been lengthy articles about Saboka or uh, Tarasenko from a couple different sources that talk about how, just how hard it is to transition to life over here. Mm-hmm. It's more than just, oh, the ice is smaller, the game is faster. You know, it's your entire personal life is kind of in upheaval, and he's 18 and he was injured last year, so... Uh, not to beat a dead horse with that, but it's not a surprise he's in the AHL. Uh, we talked about Thompson and Dunn over uh, Blaze and Wallman. Anything else? I mean, I think the only other kind of interesting note is uh, Barbashev is on the roster but not mm. playing in the lineup. And uh, Mike Yo said some comments that were basically, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, basically, look, he's not playing the kind of hockey that he was playing last year mm-hmm. when he was, you know, playing well and on the team. So he's young. You expect ups and downs, but you'd love to see him get that righted and get him back in the lineup. Any thoughts on Barbashev in terms of, like, not playing right now and being a healthy scratch? I guess I'd like to see him over Sunquist, but Sunquist also had a pretty good game last night. Yeah. So it kind of makes me think. I think Sunquist think- is more of a defensive center a defensive forward yeah. whereas Barbashev I think you move up the lineup and we saw in the preseason he's got a really good um mind for passing like great hockey IQ no Barbashev okay. and so I'd like to see that but it's a little more fancy and fun and I think he's got the higher ceiling Sunquist already been in the NHL for two years on and off and has looked fine for what he is but you know there's just I think he kind of already is what he is yeah I mean I do think part of that is we have bias towards Barbashev because we've known him longer and we drafted him and we've developed a mm-hmm. fan relationship with him. But I think you're right that long-term Barbashev probably has a, a higher ceiling, whether it's a lot higher higher remains to be seen. But I don't mind it for now if you need the guy who's mm-hmm. good at face-offs, who's more reliable at center, more reliable defense. It was a road game against the likes of Sidney Crosby yeah, where and he just kind of wanted to have a defensive yeah. lineup, maybe. And Sunquist was returning to Pittsburgh, which, you know, maybe they figure he's got more motivation sort of thing. And he he played well. Nothing against uh, Sunquist for what he did in the first game. So speaking of that game, uh, the Blues, we've been we've been playing the sad trombone a lot lately <laughs> for the long. Blues, but we've got a different option this week. Which, uh, we could have played the sad trombone at five points. I thought it was going to happen. 
Uh, but the Blues win. They beat Pittsburgh, the de- back-to-back defending Stanley Cup champions, uh, five to four in overtime. Um, pretty exciting game. Pretty incredible game. We were tweeting it live. I was. Uh, I had family over for the evening, so I was kind of trying to focus on the game, but a little, a little forced to focus on that and bouncing back and forth a little bit. But yeah, it was a. Um, really amazing game, uh, 5-4, close, exciting all the way, late comeback from the Penguins, and a uh, eventual overtime winner from the Blues. Uh, we'll go through the goals in a minute here, but did you have any kind of opening thoughts on just the pace of the game or in, you know the overall flow of it, those sorts of things? This is the first game in a while. Well, it's been all summer, but in a while that I can remember where we seem to keep pace with a offensively gifted team. I think we technically outshot them by just one one shot, but that's pretty amazing because I'm used to us playing uh, high-powered, offensive-minded Eastern Conference teams and just getting peppered mm-hmm. and us skating away with like a 2-1 victory at best because we just hung on for dear life, yeah. which we kind of did at the end in the third period. But even then, we... We peppered Murray a lot more than I would have thought of, or I thought we would have, and um, it was just pretty nice. That first period was really even. The second period, Blues kind of took it over. I thought like the Penguins' defense looked—I don't know—they did not look overly great. We got a lot of really clean yeah. shots on Murray. They were like not clogging up any shot lanes. We got some really nice passes by Saboka, um, who I think did really good on the first line actually with Stasny and, mm-hmm. and Tarasenko. He had a really, he had a really nice move on. I think it was Stasny's goal, the fourth goal, where uh, Crosby, I think it was Crosby, laid out to block him, and he just Saboka just slowed down and skated around him. Yeah, and he was like, "Oh, well, you're out of the play." Yeah, I thought a lot of our players looked really, really good, and even the ones that had some, some gaffes. Uh, it was just one or Most two. Most notably, Braden Shen. Braden Shen, who <laughs> threw the puck like Doug Flutie like throwing an idiot. a hail mary. Uh, yeah, uh, we'll talk about <laughs> Braden Shen a little more. Uh, we'll talk about individual players a little more uh, after we go through the goal rundown. But let's talk about the scoring here. Uh, Justin Schultz opened it for the defending champs uh, at six thirty. Talk about a guy period. who had like no career in Edmonton and managed to like resurrect. Yeah, it. Uh, uh, you, you almost you're almost angry at those guys because like he got like shuttled off to Pittsburgh as a nobody and a nothing mm-hmm. deal, and now he's like a, at least two-time Stanley Cup <laughs> champion. And like, he's the Ian pretty Cole. Pretty good, yeah. <laughs> Ian Cole, kind of the same thing. Uh, mm-hmm. So he opened the scoring. Braden Shin quickly uh, kicked and <laughs> uh, he didn't really. It was he, he didn't. But if they would have ruled it as a kick, I could have. I could have seen have complained. that. Yeah, for sure. So for those who didn't see the play, uh, it was actually a, a beautiful setup in terms of oh, yeah, the passing, pun intended. Uh, <laughs> Ooh. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was Schwartz across the net to. Uh, Shen, one of those plays where you see it develop and you're thinking, no, don't make another Actually, pass. It was Gunnarsson to Shen, which was even more crazy because oh, well, okay. I was like, why are you in that deep and why is Gunnarsson making a crisp pass across that's, the goal line? That's awesome. I really thought it was Schwartz, but that's even better. Um, yeah, so, uh, and then it came off of uh, Shen's skate. It was Schwartz on the first assist. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Or second assist, I okay. guess, whichever. The the one before Gunnarsson. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, it came came off of shin skate and went into the net. And there was definitely forward motion from shin skate. They did the review. Mm. Um, but you could argue it was more like a pivot, like it was stopping, you know? Yeah. He didn't really lift it up and the, move it forward. Yeah, the Penguins coach, whose name always escapes me because he's a nobody. <laughs> so Fa- like, faceless man. Yeah, what's yeah. his... You, do you nope. know his name? <laughs> I can see his face. He's yeah. just a guy. He's still... Uh, he was obviously did the, you know, we're very upset by this call uh, gambit in their interview with Pierre. But um, it was kind of... I think it's just one of those cases where... It's gonna stick with the call on the ice either way. Sort it's of just thing. not. It's not um, clear. So yeah. Yeah. So uh, head coach Mike Sullivan. God, it's not only is he not like an established, impressive NHL coach, but it's just the whitest, most boring <laughs> name imaginable. Uh, so Shin tied it up very quickly, which is good because you it could have really snowballed being in Pittsburgh after their championship ceremony mm-hmm. if they put a couple early ones on you. That's good night, you know. Uh, Colton Pareko, uh, much faster than last year. I think it took him 48 games last year, oh 40-something boy. games last year to score his first, which obviously we knew was an anomaly. Um, buried a power play goal late in the first period to give us the lead going into intermission. Pareko is a guy that the national broadcasters, especially Pierre, are just so high on. And, like, I'm high on Pareko, but mm. I, I'm a pessimist naturally, so every time I hear it, I'm like, oh, look at that. <laughs> They're always doing the Shea Weber hardest mm. shot competition comparison. And he, I mean, he has a rocket, and he did it here. It was a wide-open shot. I mean, it wasn't a hard goal in any sense for Pareko. Mm. He pretty much had a wide-open shot, but he buried it, and uh, the Blues went ahead. I think their power play looked pretty good last night despite mm-hmm. that being the only power play goal there were some times where they were there's stuck a, in neutral a little there's bit there's a few but, times they got rushed on by the pk yeah or the penguins it looked for the most part like they had good passing and kind of knew what they were doing and yeah, if that second yeah. power play line can produce anything for the time being while the guys are hurt it's worth something you that's know, what i was so. going to say was their second unit actually didn't look terrible yeah. which i thought i was gonna be able to tell night and day but yeah. they looked all right um a second period opened well didn't open halfway through the second period only mata tied it uh and uh, oh yikes that was a that was a bad one. well <laughs> yeah I, jake allen got screened so it wasn't on it wasn't on him but uh it's as, always as, kind of <laughs> as pierre noted on the the national broadcast chris thorburn just like oh, whiffed on yeah. a puck and could not I get it out of the zone. Which goal that was. And not to not to go on your Pareko <laughs> your Pareko tangent where you're talking about how how good he is and we don't notice, but also he completely whiffed on getting it out too. <laughs> yeah, he got stripped of the puck and I was yeah. like, uh oh. Pareko definitely an offensive defenseman. I made the joke. I had you know when when you're in the first few games of a season, you don't know some of the numbers on the ice and you see new numbers that you're used to old ones. So every time I saw 22 on Thorburn. I'm naturally thinking, oh, it's Kevin Shattenkirk. Even though, I mean, I obviously know Kevin Shattenkirk's not here anymore. It's just instinctive. And so I made the joke on Twitter that by whiffing on a puck and giving a defensive zone turnover, he really filled the Kevin Shattenkirk (laughs) role very well for the Blues. Uh, Yeah, I mean, Thorburn's not on the ice to make brilliant plays. True. You want him to not make boneheaded ones, but... 
It was a little ugly. Uh, it's it's funny. We put up a poll on Twitter right before this that said, you know, through half half of the game, basically, how do you think Jake Allen's been? And it was shaky, Jakey, Jake the Snake, or it's all the defense though. <laughs> and we got one. We got votes for each. We got exactly down the middle. So. I think had it happened two minutes later, we would have gotten a lot more shaky-jakey. Uh, but the good news is that five, three minutes later exactly, Alex Petrangelo taught, or got the go-ahead again before the uh, second intermission, uh, first of two goals for him. I think that's something the Blues did really well all night was answer strong, mm-hmm. which they haven't always been great at. Um Paul Stastny opened the third with a goal. Really nice passing on that one. Pretty mm-hmm. pretty good move by Saboka, as you already alluded to. Uh, and then then came the doom play of Brinch <laughs> and uh, the end of all things. Uh, was that if, before? Was that for the, before the third goal or before the fourth goal? I, I think can't it was remember. before the third because it okay. set up the five on three. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So if you didn't see it, it was it was already. a Five on four. Mm-hmm. The Blues were shorthanded. It's hilarious. I mean, in hindsight, especially. It's funny after won they the won. Game, it's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> but Shin, obviously the newest member of the Blues in terms of you know trade acquisition, high profile, all that. Uh, he caught a puck out of midair, and instead of doing what you're supposed to do, which is dropping it to his stick and swatting it out of the zone, he basically shot put it down the ice mm-hmm. and it was a great toss like i don't <laughs> i don't want the lead to be buried in the sense that he really tossed that thing a long long way <laughs> the problem is it's completely illegal and so he was taken off the ice for a two-minute minor penalty and in the resulting five on three you're never going to survive a five on three with the penguins mm-hmm. and it was like a full i mean it was like a minute and a half it was a longer one and Sidney Crosby buried a goal, and then less than a minute later, Connor Sheary tied the game. And at this point, with five minutes left and the Penguins having tied the game, you're just desperate for a point. I Turtle think. mode, perhaps? Yeah, you've seen, I mean, and you've seen in the preseason, the Blues did this. At Traverse City, the Blues did this, which is kind of different, but kind of not, especially since some of those guys, you know, Don and Thompson are represented on Mm -hmm. our team now. Uh, Blues make kind of a habit in preseason festivities, if you will, of blowing leads in magnificent fashion. (laughs) Not just blowing leads, Mm -hmm. but just really blowing leads. So uh, we were starting to sweat for sure, but they... I think they helped. I mean, it was it was pretty. The ice was pretty tilted towards Allen for the rest of the third period, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. You know, five minutes of solid zone time. They they did their job and got it to overtime. And then at that point, you're thinking, okay, we got a point. I almost don't care after that result, <laughs> you know. And then Petrangelo, uh, pretty unexpectedly. Uh, won it for us with his second goal of the night on his eighth shot, you said? Mm-hmm. On, with the same move for the first goal, his little toe yeah. drag backwards. Yeah, I uh, I made a joke because our fantasy hockey league has a lot of uh, St. Louis fans, not surprisingly. And so someone paid like $11 for Alex Petrangelo, which isn't insane because he's the quarterback of the power play but he's not like usually a traditional offensive threat mm-hmm. and he's not a heavy hitter or blocker even in terms of block shots 
So I was joking to someone about how, oh, look, you know, a Blues fan overpaid for Petrangelo. And then I had to eat my words because I was like, oh, now he's on pace for 164 goals. That's so probably I guess good. that was yeah. a pretty good price. That's probably a good pickup because without Shattenkirk, I think he's going to yeah, be getting a lot more offensive luck. It probably isn't a bad idea. I mean, we do overpay for Blues in that league, but he didn't overpay much, if at all. So uh, Petrangelo won the game, and we were all very excited, and, and Jaden Schwartz was very surprised and fell on his <laughs> keister. Um, and yeah, uh, there's very little that you can really complain about when you beat the Penguins in their home opener in the first game of the season, uh, on the road, obviously. Uh, and do it in overtime and survive a tough comeback. You obviously would rather they have just won 4-2 or 5-2 on the strength of mm-hmm. the lead they built, but there's no shame in any victory over the Penguins, I feel like. Um, in terms of just general notes and observations from the game, I mean, I think one really good note is that Braden Shin looked amazing, except for that utterly boneheaded. <laughs> what a game. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we're making this joke because that has been the constant analysis of Braden Shin from every outlet. I'm looking at Jeremy Rutherford's article that is titled "Despite Blooper, Shin Shines in Debut," <laughs> and literally everything about the game has said Braden Shin looked great, except for that moronic play, mm. which almost like should go without saying. You know, that's what um, I mean. Like we get it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean. Who stood out to you? Who looked a little out of place? <laughs> this I'm looking at the gif of the shin. Uh, it's just, so just yeah, watch that gif. <laughs> Pull that up, anybody that wants to look at it. I'm telling you, first you have to look at everyone's face around him. Schwartz and Petrangelo in slow motion have this like long thousand yard stare <laughs> after he throws it of like, huh? <laughs> And it gets, it's one of those gifts that's uh, uh, just better every loop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But speaking of like Schwartz, though, I thought Schwartz had really a game. Mm-hmm. I think he was more visible than maybe any of our forwards. Yeah. Him and Shen had really good chemistry, and if they can stick on a second line together. Him and Shen looked great mm-hmm. together, and that would be a huge boon for if this they team. Could, if they could relieve some of the pressure that Tarasenko and Stasny are going to get. Braden and Jaden, yeah, Shen and see. Schwartz. And then you're going to put Steen on that line when he gets back, and you're just going to have Shen, Schwartz, Steen. Yeah. Uh, quickly, just since we didn't cover this, uh, Braden, Shen's goal, the first goal was assisted by Gunnarsson and Schwartz. Pareko's was unassisted, which I don't really believe. I think that's one of those that went off a Penguins player or something. It was a Penguin player that knocked it yeah, to the middle. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, uh, Petrangelo's first goal was assisted by Sabotka and Stasny. Uh, his, Stasny's first goal, only goal, was assisted by Sabotka and Tarasenko. And Petrangelo's winner was assisted by Shen and mm-hmm. Schwartz. So... Uh, yeah, a lot of support from Schwartz mm-hmm. and Shen. Tarasenko looked a little, maybe not invisible, but I think they're probably playing him pretty tight. Yeah. Like, I saw him out there once or twice, but it looked like he was almost getting double teamed every time. Yeah, I think when you look at Jaden Schwartz, the difference between him having a 45-point season and a 60-point season is the difference between the Blues being okay marginal playoff contenders and pretty solid mm. playoff and not to put it all on that one guy obviously if mm. Tarasenko has a 12 goal season we're screwed either yeah. way but you know I think I think Jaden Schwartz is one of the more critical players on this team in the sense that you 
never you haven't quite he hasn't quite figured out exactly who or what his role is mm. and what he's supposed to do year in and year out. So you can't just pencil him in and assume. Well, I think his know. role up until now has just been making every all the players he plays with around him on his line better. More yeah, or that's less. fine. I yeah. mean, we're fine with that. Shen had a really good face-off percentage last night, too. I think yeah, it was 53%. He was, he, he was seven of his first ten. Yeah. I will he say he trailed off a little bit. But. I will say he matched up a lot, though, mm-hmm. against uh, Evgeny Malkin, Malkin, who's, who's really just bad. garbage <laughs> yeah. at face-off. So we'll see as it goes on. But yeah. that's a good sign. Maybe it's some confidence, you know. Right, exactly. Get a little better. I said Sunquist. I thought looked fine. I um, think, uh, not to cut you off, sorry, mm-hmm. I think Thompson looked pretty good. I think Dunn looked Dunn looked a little, a little overwhelmed. Um, but he was also with Bortuzzo, and he's not Bortuzzo, <laughs> but Dunn is a little more of a offensive defenseman, and he can't really shine when Bortuzzo's the guy that's supposed to be your backup. You can't go ahead and pinch in on somebody when you you got Robert Bortuzzo back there with his crazy, you know, deer eyes, deer in the <laughs> headlights, and you just lose him back there. So there was a few times where I noticed him, and it was probably because we were hemmed in our own zone, but he managed to get it out, and I think they came away unscathed using him. So hopefully he just gets more experienced and, you know, settles down a little bit as the games go on. Yeah, yeah. And I think Bortuzzo pairing is good in the one sense that he's the physical experienced mm. guy, but it's not great for like we're trying to groom this mm. possibly great future defenseman with Robert Bortuzzo. Uh, nothing against Bortuzzo. He's actually, I think about things like Bortuzzo. I was thinking about him today too because he's been on this team for like three or four years now. I don't know, like at least two and a half. At least now. two because Ian Cole's won yeah. two cups. Right. I think it's at least two and a half. I think it was the season before, at mm. least the season before their first cup win that we He's traded still for. more of a seventh defenseman for me, though, you know? Bortuzzo, yeah, mm-hmm. I do think we rely an on ideal him a role. too heavy, um, especially with all, def- all the defensemen we have. So it'll be interesting to see what happens when Bo Meester comes back. I like Edmondson up with Petrangelo a lot. I think yeah, Edmondson I think allows Petrangelo to, to be more offensive, yeah. offensively minded. Yeah. Um, I think when you put Bo Meester and Petrangelo together, they look really good, but they're kind of the same player. Maybe mm-hmm. not exactly, but the same mindset. And so yeah. it's it's hard to figure out. Which is accounting. <laughs> <laughs> it's very weird. If you watch them play together, they're both very good defensemen, but for as long as they play together, I swear it looks like they still don't exactly know which one of them is going to do what, yeah. you know? yeah. I would love to see Bomeister too if he's helping Pareko, you know, if he's paired with Pareko. Mm-hmm. I would love to see him get a little more creative offensively. Not that that's his role. <laughs> yeah. But just in the sense that every play he makes is a slap pass. He's never for aiming. Deflection. Yeah, he's never aiming. He's for never the net. even trying to score, which doesn't make sense. Like, put him on the net, even if it's a straight mm-hmm. shot, maybe it goes in. But yeah, I we're not. Bowmeister haters by any means mm-hmm. in terms of a lot of fans are, uh, but you definitely would love to see him get a little more uh, in the offensive zone. But overall, I think the the notes from the first game are we won, we beat the Penguins, <laughs> yeah, we won in overtime. I mean, it shows me a lot that they withstood that total collapse mm-hmm. and came back and held on for an overtime win. I think that's great news for this team. Mm, especially given all the injuries. Yeah, us and all the youth that was involved. Um, 
nothing really to complain about. Do you have any other thoughts or? No, I mean, I just want, yeah, I just hope to see Thompson and Dunn sort of settle into it. Like you yeah. said, Thompson looked pretty good um, for a sort of limited role on the third line. Right. He did, yeah. And, I, I mean, we won't always talk quite that much about individual games, but it was the first and it was the only one mm-hmm. this week and it was against the Penguins, so a lot to say. Uh, in terms of games that are upcoming in the next week, uh, our home opener is Saturday against Ken Hitchcock's Dallas Stars. Uh, we're gonna That's lose. right. It's not, 19, <laughs> it's not 1999. It's uh, 2017. Yes, but it's Ken still Hitchcock's Oregon Dallas Stars. Ken Hitchcock's Dallas Stars. I, I mean, this is a really interesting game to me. I say we're going to lose jokingly, but it'll be very interesting to Do see they who play the Stars before are. then? Dallas? They, I mean, they must, I feel like, but I don't know for sure. Um, Hitchcock obviously taking over, I think, is going to make a huge impact for that team in much the same way it did when he took over for Davis Payne here. Um, He grates on players over time, um, but he is a phenomenal coach. They play the Knights on Friday, the Golden Knights. So it's a second game of back-to-back. That's nice. Uh, And they travel up here. Um, But Hitchcock is an amazing coach, and when he's been around for a while... And you're annoyed by him, and the players are openly annoyed by him. That gets lost. But he's one of the better Mm -hmm. coaches in hockey's history. That's not coincidence. And um, he's going to fix a lot of things that Dallas was doing wrong Mm -hmm. last year. There's no excuse for them to have been as bad as they were with all the talent they have. They they added Ben Bishop. They added (laughs) Ben Bishop, who I love Ben Bishop. I'm not convinced he's... Do you think they start Ben Bishop against the Knights and then play Lettinen against us, or Might, vice versa? Or vice versa, I don't know. Uh, I can't imagine they play game one without Ben Bishop in terms of That's like, what I mean. You're at home. It's your home yeah, opener. Yeah, they have to. I don't know. I mean, I guess they could just say, you get to play both halves. Yeah, but, they could just put them in both. Um, that's kind of up to him, I guess, somewhat. Um, but I think... I think they'll be a much improved team this year. We've talked about it. It'll be interesting to see uh, what exactly happens Saturday. Uh, after that, the Blues go on a, a fairly lengthy lo- road trip. They go to New York, uh, the Islanders, and face maybe Yaroslav Halak. Or maybe Is he not. back? I think he's still there, yeah. Maybe come back. Um, then they go... Uh, down or up the island or somewhere probably to, up to New up. York um, the Rangers uh, and face King Henrik a lot of old goalies in this because <laughs> then they go to uh, Florida and face presumably Roberto Luongo um, you want to see him beat the Islanders yeah. and s- at least split the Rangers and Panthers in my mind they should really beat all three they sh- of those they teams. should or could. I mean, you don't expect three straight road wins mm-hmm. on a road trip. They could certainly beat all three this of those teams. This is when teams. they come together. But uh, we'll see. And if they lose a lot of those games, that's obviously a big, a big question mark. So uh, with that in mind, we look forward to talking about that next week. But for the time being, we're going to do a segment that we promised last week where we discuss our fantasy hockey rosters so 
Uh, I will quickly, I actually have two leagues this year. I'll quickly go through my sad little keeper hockey league. I'm in a league where you get to keep a majority of your roster if your roster is good. Uh, I'll spare you the details of how that works. But basically, if you if you draft players well and cheaply, you can keep a whole lot of them. So I have uh, Alexander Barkov, who's kind of my young centerpiece, uh, with Artem Anisimov, who will be gone after this year. David Krejci, Nolan Patrick, here's hoping he's a stud. Ryan Spooner, uh, Ricard Raquel of the Anaheim uh, Ducks. I wanted to say Anaheim Maple Leafs, which makes no sense. Um, <laughs> I, I really love Raquel this year, especially with Kessler hurt for a while. I think he could be a stud. Tanner Pearson of the uh, Kings is an underrated player. He gets a lot of hits, which are a stat that we measure in both these leagues. Uh, both these leagues are category leagues. For those of you who play fantasy hockey, that means, or who don't, I mean, if you play, you know, but <laughs> if you don't, that means you measure stat totals in terms of like how many faceoffs does a guy win, how many hits does he get, how many shots, goals, assists, and then you go head to head in those categories across your team. And uh, the winner of each category, the winner of the most categories, wins the week. Uh, so Tanner Pearson, Jonathan Huberdeau, Nick Felino, really cheap. Phil Kessel, I kept mistakenly and way overpaid for. Connor Brown of the uh, Maple Leafs. Wayne Simmons, who I have in both leagues. Victor Hedman was my kind of defensive keeper centerpiece. Uh, Jake Muzzin, Josh Manson, and Charlie McAvoy, who I also have in both leagues. He better be a young stud. And on my bench, I have Jacob Slavin, Brock Besser, or Bo Esser from Vancouver, and Mikhail Sergachev, because I'm counting on that young presence. <laughs> I'm building young. I'm trying to build for the future. Uh, my goalies are Antti Ranta, Corey Crawford, and Carter Hutton. So that's a fun team for me, kind of a fun league. I actually love, like, even in, like, NHL, EA NHL, I love, like, building young teams. I don't care about, like, I would never take and establish, like, the Penguins and just keep playing with them because why is that interesting? you, you know? got to so, play with them and then you got to rebuild. Yeah. So I actually had the choice entering this Keeper League, which I'm in for the first year this year. I had the choice of a much more stacked current team, and I chose this one because it's more what I'm interested in. So uh, in the league we're in together, do you want to talk about your roster for a uh, you can first, go first. You want me to go first? Okay, you just want me to keep talking? <laughs> go for it. I went very face-off heavy in this league. My goal was to get a ton of face-offs and apparently a ton of Philadelphia Flyers because I have lots of both. Uh, I picked up Tyler Sagan. Sag- Sagan? I can never Sagan. Good. Sagan. Uh, he's kind of my stud centerpiece. Claude Giroux of the... Flyers, big face-off guy. Ryan O'Reilly was second in the league last year in face-offs. Uh, Wayne Simmons of the Flyers, who I have in both leagues. Raquel, who I have in both leagues. Uh, Voracek of the Flyers. So I have like the big three offensive pieces for the Flyers, which was kind of accidental because that just happened authentically, but not be exactly. riding that Flyers wave. Yeah, I have uh, Evgeny Dadanoff, the new Russian for the Florida Panthers. I also have uh, Vladimir Shipyachov or Shipachov for the <laughs> uh, Golden Knights. So I've got both of the KHL imports this year. Nick Foligno again, Tanner Pearson again. I got a lot of crossover. Uh, Rasmus Rastalinen, McAvoy, Alec mm-hmm. Martinez, and Jeff Petrie are my defenders. 
I have Vincent Trocheck because of faceoffs and hits. Braden Point of Tampa Bay. Uh, Patrick Hornquist. Shipyachoff, as I mentioned. Anders Lee, who scored like 30 plus, like way over 30 goals last year. Uh, Steen on injured reserve. Tori Krug on injured reserve. And Ryan Kessler on injured reserve. I actually have a lot of injured people in this wow. league. And then my goalies are Martin Jones, Corey Schneider, and Robin Lanier. I forgot to mention that my uh, my team names I'm very proud of this year. In the other league, it's Krejci, Stupid Love, and in this league, it's Krug Intentions. So <laughs> why don't you tell us about your roster? I drafted like a crazy person. <laughs> so Ian, unfortunately, was we, we live-drafted. The two of us and a, a third friend in this league of ten drafted together at my house. And for some reason, Ian had a lot of trouble getting the app loaded, and the computer, not sensing his urgency, auto-drafted like three players for him. Carey so, Price, Jake Allen, and Jaden Schwartz. So at least people I would have taken two blues. Yeah. Well, you that's the, wild about Jake Allen, but yeah, at least the draft two blues, one of which I didn't want. <laughs> um, no, center's pretty good. You got Barkov and Johansson. And I went for Patrick because last year I had uh, Matthews and he turned out pretty good. So I was like, well, maybe we'll maybe this will work out again. I know he wasn't first overall. Lightning will but strike twice. Yeah. He's a young, young, highly touted pick. Um, let's see. I think I have another center on here somewhere. Oh, uh, Tyler Johnson. Mm-hmm. I think he's got pretty good face-off numbers, so I kind of went for that. Uh, winger, we said Jaden Schwartz. Johnny Goudreau, who I wanted last year, but I couldn't get because I was not going to pay like a bazillion dollars for him. But this year, I think I got him for like 30 or something, so that's nice. Yeah. Uh, Pasternak, that's pretty good. That's paying off so far. Corey Perry. Pasta. Uh, Radulov. I kind of got older there, Perry and Radulov. <laughs> that's, not really, that's not really my M.O. Um, Shea Weber on defense. P.K. Subban on defense. Also not intentional to have both of those, but that's fine. Um, Drew Doughty, who I don't even think I was trying to get, but I put a dollar down because I was like, he can't go for that low, and I ended up getting him, so that's cool. Mm-hmm. Oscar Clefbaum, because I think of any defenseman in Edmonton that's going to feed off points from anyone, yeah, it's going to be sure. him. Uh, Patrick Marlowe, who's going to just feed me points this year, being surrounded by all those young kids up in Toronto. Jake Gardner, who's, who's pretty good on D for Toronto. I think I wanted to get Morgan Riley, but... I think he's a little further down the list. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, to hell with that. Sebastian Aho, who I should have left at the very end oh, because yeah. that's my boy. <laughs> he's going to do nothing this year, I guarantee you. He's going to be injured or something. Carey Price and goal, Antti Ranta, and Jake Allen. And then I got like two more here. Was it? Oh, Andre Palat and Thomas Hurtle. Nice. And your goalies, as, oh, you said for Carey Price mm-hmm. and Jake Allen and Antti Ranta. Right? Yeah, don't forget the Ranta. Uh, yeah, I actually like Ronta a lot this year. Uh, He's not playing tonight. We are far from fantasy hockey experts, but we enjoy doing it, and we're happy to talk about it. If you have any questions for us, we Get will livid. answer them incorrectly. Uh, I'm watching this gif over and over again now of uh, Petrangelo's game winner where Jaden Schwartz falls down <laughs> and somehow simultaneously throws his stick at Matt Murray. It's just delightful. <laughs> uh, it's our it's our top tweet right now on our Twitter. Uh, and speaking of Twitter, we have our final segment of the evening, which is a new segment we're debuting that we're going to hopefully 
carry out weekly, not hopefully, we're going to do it uh, weekly throughout uh, the season and maybe into forever, uh, which is the Hockey Tweet of the Week. Uh, There's a lot of, I find there's a lot of great hockey tweeting because I think people who like hockey enough to tweet about it are often really rabid and often very funny and sometimes probably a little drunk, which (laughs) doesn't hurt in terms of being funny. Uh, So Greg Wyshynski, the aforementioned uh, former editor of the Puck Daddy blog at Yahoo.com and uh, co-host of the Puck Soup podcast, which I listened to for the first time today and which is just insane. I mean, it's pretty hilarious, but it's just insane. Mm -hmm. I I didn't expect it at all. Um, He posted this picture, and it's uh, Patrick Wine and Nathan Ehlers, Nathan Nikolai Ehlers Mm -hmm. of the... um, Winnipeg Jets walking down a street. I get this must be old because there's snow and they're like in winter clothes and they're carrying uh, cold brew Starbucks. You don't know how cold it gets up there. Yeah, it could be this month. Freaking cold. I mean, I guess. Uh, (laughs) But um, (laughs) the tweet says, "You've got to see this picture." The tweet says, "Ehlers and Line A are those thugs trailing Jason Bourne back to his apartment before he kills them both with magazines." And if you look at this, and it's our pinned tweet on Twitter right now, so you can find it on our page right at the top. It's just, it's just perfect. I mean, it's just a perfect <laughs> image. Uh, I loved it. We had to get it out there. Wyshynski certainly doesn't need us to get him more coverage, <laughs> but we're going to do it anyway. So props to Greg Wyshynski, and we'll keep bringing you the usual. I mean, I predict it being the funniest tweet of the week not just like the most informative but you never know it can change from time to time so that is the hockey tweet of the week uh before we close i guess um i meant to do this at the beginning and we never did uh just kind of say even though it's not you know this isn't our domain at all but Mm -hmm. just with the tragedy in uh, las vegas this week uh which obviously you all know about just kind of sending our well wishes and prayers mm-hmm. and things to them. Uh, we're not a political podcast in any way or a current events podcast. And so I don't, you know, we don't need to comment on it anymore just in terms of feels like the right thing to do to acknowledge it and mm-hmm. extend our sympathy. So uh, that is not a happy way to close <laughs> the podcast, but I guess that's how we're doing it. Uh yeah, if you uh, want to keep up with us during the week, we'll be on Twitter at Two Guys No Cup. You can tweet us there with questions or comments or anything. Subscribe on iTunes or Google Play, and follow us individually at Ian A. Peters at Stephen Ground with a PH. Anything else that I need to say before we close up? No, I'm just excited for for more games to watch. The one was. The one was really fun, but I was just kind of so psyched and jazzed for it that anything that was going to happen was like, yeah. oh, cool. But now you can actually kind of look into it in more depth, I'm I guess. stoked to the max about three games in four days. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to be glued. Yeah, I'm that s- New York Islanders game is at noon on a Monday because yeah. it's Columbus Day and people get so off. We may, we may have some trouble live tweeting that one. We'll see. <laughs> but Do people get off for Columbus no, Day? No, nobody does. I mean, like literally men? government employees and maybe banks, confusing. but not even banks. Maybe people in New York. I thought we I kind of agreed about the whole him not being a super great person thing but (laughs) whatever i mean he did discover america props to that first 
Uh, <laughs> just literally like a first me. <laughs> um, with that, uh, we will see you. Well, we won't see you. We will talk to you Tuesday. You will hear it Thursday. Uh, have a great evening, and let's go Blues. See you.